Welcome to Please Bet on Football Games. Hello and welcome to Week 13 of the Please Bet on Football Games podcast. I am your host, Alex, here with the on-air talent, Joe. Some talent. Some talent. How are you today, man? This NFL season is so bad that I legitimately don't like watching football anymore. I plan to make my drive back from my parents uh, this Sunday during the afternoon slate. I missed the afternoon slate and Sunday night, and I really wasn't upset about it. I missed the afternoon slate, Sunday night football, and Monday night football for other reasons, and uh, I I don't care at all. Yeah. Uh, Football is... I don't know, it just doesn't feel like it makes sense. It's a lot of bad football. Well, I've noticed, and I think this is a project we can conquer on this pod, so much of the coaching in the NFL right now is so far below abysmal that it makes the games chaotic and stupid because none of the coaches actually know what the fuck they're doing. And it's to the point where simply being a sturdy, average head coach, like a Mike Vrabel, who isn't good at any form of scheming necessarily, and isn't even actually aggressive and ballsy when it comes to going for it, kicking game, etc. The simple fact that he doesn't make egregious mistakes constantly makes him average to above average, which is really sad. Yeah, I mean, what was it, two years ago we were talking about him as one of the worst coaches in the league? It might have been last year. I mean, last year we started to soften on it and be like, okay, they're making chicken, you know, salad out of chicken shit right now. But two years ago, yeah, we were talking about how he is squandering talent. And he he was, and he hasn't changed. It's simply that the rest of the league has regressed so far. I don't disagree with you. I think coaching is really bad. The, The league has suffered. I think quarterback play is bad, but... Then might be a product of the coaching stuff. I was going to say the quarterback. The quarterback play would look a lot better if most of the best quarterbacks weren't stuck with some of the least competent head coaches we've seen since Hugh Jackson. In fact, I think that there are several coaches right now who are worse than Hugh Jackson. Bold claims. I think there are at least four. All right, you got to name them then. Lovey Smith. Okay, that's Todd Bowles. Two. Okay. Here's where it gets hard. Jeff Saturday. Nathaniel Hackett? Well, Jeff Saturday is a close call, and Nathaniel Hackett, I actually don't think is that bad. I think he's got saddled with Russell Wilson. But you can make the arguments, and that's sad and scary in its own right. I don't know if Lovey and Todd Bowles are worse than I Hugh do. Jackson. I do, because Hugh Jackson could call plays, right? And not necessarily well, but like somewhat averagely? Not even. Not, the, maybe, maybe when he was in Oakland and Cincinnati... And maybe even at the beginning with the Browns. But he he got so crazy that he started just, you know, it, it turned into just like verticals. Just everything was verticals. Did he run the exact same halfback dive on every first down for two and a half years consecutively? Because that's where Todd Bowles is. Did he, did he take delay of game penalties instead of attempting 50-yard field goals? So that he could Almost punt? undoubtedly. Probably multiple times. Hugh Jackson was... Is, really special in how bad he was okay like we have to appreciate that he he went what 331 and one do you know how bad that is they tried to win two of those seasons todd bowles has a losing record with tom brady they also have had half the team healthy this year who was on their offensive line still donovan smith tristan Wirfs. Still Shaq Mason. That's three pro bowlers on a law offensive line of five people. Donovan Smith is, I think he's a starter. 
He's been a Pro Bowler two of the last two years. Yeah, Pro Bowls mean oh so much. What I mean is simply that their offensive line is not significantly worse than it was the last two years when it was lauded as great because of Brady. I think they, the two guys that left maybe have been more important than we thought. I don't think that Jensen leaving has hurt at all because Hainsey's actually been a good center. Hainsey's been solid. Gadecki has sucked. Yeah. But it's not like Alex Kappa was great. He was, he was a starter, though. He was a solid dude that you could put in, and especially, you know, he had some good players around him. But So one of the positions has been worse. Where, what have they been like a wide receiver this year? How much has Godwin played? Most of the games. He only missed like two, three games. And they won the games he wasn't in. He only missed that few? He only missed like three games. I thought he's missed more. They brought him back too early, but he only missed like three games. Julio has missed like four games, but yeah, he's third receiver. Yeah, he doesn't really mean all that. Much. Justin Gage has been healthy the whole season. Mike Evans hasn't missed a game. He's been banged up, but that's always. The problem I thought is they were missing more guys on the. Uh... At one point, they were missing Godwin, Julio, Evans was suspended. Mm. So that's one game where they were missing their top three receivers. But other than that, it hasn't been that bad. I mean, Shaq Barrett hasn't played this month. He's on IR. Shaq Barrett fucking sucks to begin with. Then their defense isn't really the problem. Logan Ryan. Not a starter. Eh. The cornerbacks have been in and out all year. They were last year, too. Fournette's been in and out. Fournette's a backup. He is now because shit's not working. He's also just worse. He came in 30 pounds overweight this offseason, and it shows. But no, the problem with the Buccaneers is that while Bruce Arians was a little too conservative and ran a little bit too much halfback dive on first downs, Todd Bowles cranked those knobs to 11. Like, Bruce Arians would not go for it on fourth down when he had a lead and they were at, like, midfield. Todd Bowles will punt down seven with five minutes left in the fourth quarter from plus territory. He did it twice versus the Rams. I, you know, I won't, I won't fight you too much. Because the few times I have watched him this year, he plays some Kevin Stefanski ball in the second half. That reminds me, Brandon Staley, worse than Hugh Jackson. That's best quarterback in the league. Can't have a winning record. You know what I? I I think you might be right there. Both of them highly touted when they got brought in, and just quickly and wildly over their heads. It is uh, like yes, Hugh Jackson sucked. He never had a Justin Herbert or a Tom Brady. He never had a Khalil Mack. He never had a J.C. Jackson. He never had a Derwin James. He never had a Mike Williams or a Keenan Allen. Sir, he had a Baker Mayfield and a Miles Garrett. He had a rookie Baker Mayfield and a rookie Miles Garrett in different years. And then a second year Miles Garrett. And two games of Baker Mayfield. Who was the greatest rookie Baker or rookie quarterback? Yeah, Baker was really good for the two games. Really good for the two games that Hugh Jackson coached him. And why was it only two games? Because Hugh Jackson got fired. Because Hugh Jackson wouldn't play him until he was forced to. Okay. Also, Nick Chubb sat behind Carlos Hyde. Well, until they... Nick Chubb didn't go to the right college. <laughs> he went to Georgia. Should have been Ohio State. Hugh Jackson doesn't even care. He's from California. They had to trade Carlos Hyde so that I remember. Nick Chubb could see the field. I remember. Okay, so maybe he's a terrible evaluator, but he's not fucking punting instead of kicking a 50-yard field goal to ice a game. 50-yard field goal with a kicker that you drafted in the fourth round this year. Okay, there's recency bias because I guarantee you Hugh Jackson did some similarly idiotic shit because I remember it. I just so, can't bring up specific examples. So wait, 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 wait. Because th- this is making my point. So the argument is not that Hugh Jackson was significantly worse. It's that 
theoretically, he couldn't have been much better. No, he was definitely worse because he did all this same shit on the field on top of not playing Baker Mayfield, not playing Nick Chubb, and generally running the team like a 12-year-old would. All right, you're making some points. Like Todd Bowles, how about yeah, we say this? His bad how about we say this? Systems. If Hugh Jackson became a head coach tomorrow in the NFL this year, many people would not believe he was the worst one, and they wouldn't be crazy. I think there are, there would be arguments for it. I think he might still be viewed as the worst just because you take out the reputation. Well, just going off like what he would do this year. Dude, he was so bad. I don't right. think you understand how toxic he got. We're tangenting really badly. But so hard. Th- the point is simply that there are at least four head coaches in the NFL this year who are like all-time caliber bad, and that's not counting Nate Hackett, who is, objectively speaking, historically bad. Oh, uh, I guess we can also note that Russell Wilson has seven touchdown passes and 12 bathrooms still. He's very bad. Uh, your Your statement about how far they go? Whenever you think Russ has hit rock bottom... Think again. The bottom is deeper. Yeah. It's like the Mariana Trench. It, it is you, forever. You think it's the sea floor, but it's actually just a layer of fish. And when you get below them, you keep going. And then you think it's the sea floor, but it's actually a salt deposit. And then you keep going. It's a Mary Poppins bag of garbage quarterback play. Another could be the worst of all time season. Like This could be the worst starting quarterback season we've ever seen. Yeah, just because of how many opportunities he's going to get to be this bad. Opportunities, receivers, play calling, schedule. He is completely ineffective to an extent that only Zach Wilson can even attempt to match. Should we get to the bullshit report? Please. First up, our lone bet from Thanksgiving. It was also our lone win of the week. Minnesota minus two and a half. zippity doo yeah, I, I don't care. They, I mean, we were right. It was, it, it was a correct win. I mean, we, it was no bullshit. Yeah. I mean, I think it, Minnesota definitely outplayed them. I, they got a little lucky with some of those special teams plays. So I actually, I went through this with a friend of the podcast, Restore the Roar, who was on the Patriots in that game. And he said, I think this is bullshit. So I went back and I watched. The Vikings did have a special teams touchdown. But the Patriots, who struggled mightily to move the ball in the first half, had two field goals off of interceptions and fumbles where they didn't. They went three and out afterwards but kicked the field goal anyway. I think that means the special teams points about even out. Well, what about the roughing the kicker that gave the Vikings a first down, which they immediately scored off of? I was going to say you have to factor in the fact that the pa- Patriots were extremely undisciplined and had seven penalties on the game. That's just the Patriots, man. Like, that's... When you have seven... If it's like one key penalty, okay. When you have 65 yards of penalties in one game, that's a culture thing. That's a team thing. That's egregious. Bill Belichick did look like he was going to kill someone. Uh, I I waffle back and forth. I think this one's close because two special teams plays effectively gave the Vikings 14 points. But I think the Patriots got at least six, probably nine points out of special teams as well. The Patriots got stuff out of you know special teams and turnovers. Also note that this is probably the second or third best game that Mac Jones has ever played. And I think the the Vikings could have done more if they needed to as that game went on. That's another thing that the kick return touchdown, the Vikings offense was rolling and that was their first possession out of this, out of halftime. Kevin O'Connell is unstoppable on first possession out of halftime. I think that the ex- expectation on that drive should have been at least 3 points, so instead of gifting them 7, they gifted them 4. All right, I'll take that math. I, I don't know how that logic... I, I went through it, and if you assume that that drive would have been a field goal instead of a touchdown, and you account for the Patriots' uh, special teams and defensive scores, you come out at exactly a Vikings win by three points. 
Okay. So we'll we'll go we'll go with legit. I think there's a legit an argument for bullshit, but I think legit I th- is I think at worst we should have pushed. Yeah. I I agree with that. Well, even we had two and a half, so probably legit. I don't see any fucking way the Vikings lose that game. I'm sorry. But yeah. So let's call that legit. And now we can move on to our plethora of losses. First up, we had Tampa Bay minus three. They ended up losing outright in overtime. As we mentioned previously, they were up seven points with the ball uh, on fourth and something. They could have kicked a 52-yard field goal. Instead of going for it on fourth and two from, I guess, the 35, 36-yard line, they took a delay of game penalty so that they could punt the ball 18 yards. 18 yards. They said, we believe that Jacoby Brissett can get five first downs, but certainly not six or seven. And then on fourth down, Jacoby Brissett throws a terrible ball, and David Njoku makes the snag of a lifetime to tie the game. And then, instead of taking the 30 seconds that you have with Tom motherfucking Brady against a Swiss cheese defense to try to kick a field goal to win the game and push us, the Bucks ran the clock out with three timeouts in their pocket. They then went to overtime where they ran the ball and did nothing and they basically begged Cleveland to win the game. Absolute and total bullshit, and I think that everybody who watched it will agree. 95% Todd Bowles' fault? 100? Uh, I don't want to say 100, because there were some mistakes made on the field, but I don't think you're wrong saying it's in the 90s. Constant halfback dive on first down, and it's, it's one thing to run the ball on first down all the time, It's another thing that they always run the ball the exact same way with an extremely basic vanilla blocking scheme, no motion to the exact same side, every single first down. So you know what's coming, how it's coming, what it's going to look like and when and where everything, you know, everything. They don't audible. They don't check out of it. They don't alter it. It is the same. It is like they show you the play art on Madden, hold it there for 10 seconds, you adjust your defense to move all your fucking linebackers right where the run is going, and then they run it. You can't be successful. The drops don't help. The poor play calling on second and third down don't help. The fact that Tom Brady is only very good instead of truly transcendent this year doesn't help. But they absolutely should have won this game. If for no other reason than they should have kicked the field goal for 52 yards to go up by 10 with like two minutes left in the fourth quarter. Yeah, they them giving up on them fourth and two was terrible, especially because they had picked up fourth downs earlier in the game, and the Browns are horrible at it. And you have the best quarterback sneaker ever. And when Brady did go for the QB sneak earlier in the game, he picked up three yards on a fourth and one. Yep. Because the Browns' interior defensive line and their linebacking core is atrocious. And the fact that the Bucks couldn't run for 400 rushing yards, although they did run pretty well, is ridiculous. The Browns can't stop anything. I know. It was it was a terrible game. It looked like the Bucks just played not to lose the entire second half. Mm-hmm. I watched this entire game because I was with my family in Cleveland, and uh, we also bet on it. So we were I was tuned in quite intently. That catch by Njoku was fucking insane. Insane. Uh, that was that was one of the better catches it's, I've seen. It's I, not getting enough press. No. It's up there with the Jefferson catch. It's stupid. Yeah. I mean, he jumped over him. It was one-handed. I didn't I didn't think it was one-handed initially just because I couldn't believe that he picked it out of the air like that. It was Odell style, except higher leverage and a more difficult throw. Yeah, and he had a guy in his stomach. And it was a bullet pass behind him and two feet above his head. It was really it was really nice. And we don't like Njoku, but that was a, just an incredible play. I like Njoku. Joe doesn't like Njoku. He catches like a crocodile, but when you only have one arm, you can't really slap at it, so maybe that's the secret. 
All right, so this one comes out to uh, kind of bullshit. It's it's bullshit, but we also should pay for it because we keep on betting on teams with just abysmal fucking coaches. Yeah. And we got to stop. It's our fault. So kind of flunky and uh, fluky in the way that it happened, but probably deserved. On to the next game, we had Atlanta plus four. Number one bullshit. Just the worst fucking thing that's ever happened. Number one bullshit. Oh, number one bullshit. Yeah, I mean, that was a tough one. Washington. Did you watch this game? Uh, I didn't watch every second of it, but I watched a good amount of it. Did you watch the ending? Where the Falcons just walked down the field, drained all the clock, got to the three-yard line, and then a terrible decision to do a quarterback RPO, or uh, read option, rather. Mariota salvaged it. And then Cordell Patterson's wide open in the flat, and it gets batted. And that's bad. You shouldn't, you know, you should know that that's a possibility. You should use manipulation, or you should throw the ball quicker. But then for the ball to go up in the air and to get caught a centimeter from the ground in the end zone. I didn't think there was any possible way that he kept that from hitting the ground. That's just the worst fucking beat. And to think that all we needed was a fucking field goal. Falcons also missed two field goals in this game. Yeah. We needed a field goal to cover. They should have won money line. Just, we can't catch a break. Yeah, the very end, the the tip that turned into a pick in the end zone right at the goal line was heartbreaking. Because I thought, holy shit, we're actually going to pull this out. Like, mm-hmm. it's basically what we picked to happen. It was exactly what we thought would happen. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt kind of optimistic. Not really, because I know how this season has gone and all the optimism has left my body but there was still some some remnants and then that between the vikings game so at the exact same time it looked like the bucks were going to win by seven it looked like the falcons were going to come back and win outright we already won the vikings game it looked like we were going to have a killer week and then we came crashing back to reality. It all fell apart. Next game? Yep. Tennessee, our best bet. We had the money line over the Cincinnati Bengals. And it was there for the taking the entire time. It was. And honestly, I still believe that they would have at least tied had they not roughed the kicker on a field goal. For those of you who didn't see, the Bengals tried a field goal to make it a six-point game. Titans would have had two minutes to score a touchdown to tie or win. And, or sorry, it would have been a seven-point game. Anyway, Titans could have tied or won, or lost, by one. Instead, somebody tried to block the kick and touched the foot of the kicker, who then did the geriatric, I've fallen and can't get up. He's a pro. As he absolutely should have. Bad coaching. Gotta know better. Rather than the Titans having a chance to drive the field, score a touchdown, they lost by six, or uh, by four, on kneel downs. Is it the worst beat? No. Is it the Falcons caliber beat? No. But it's not good. And considering that the Titans were right there all fucking game, really hurts. Yeah, I mean, I I think this one could be legit because it was a close game between, yeah. I think, two relatively even evenly matched teams. I would agree. So I don't think it's end of the world. I thought the Titans would be able to get after Joe Burrow more. They got a remarkably low rate of pressure. I graded, yeah. I graded Joe Burrow's game. I may make a video of it. I have been busy with other things and frankly haven't felt like making YouTube videos lately. Uh, but... I gave Joe Burrow for an entire game six pocket movements. He was sacked twice. Neither were his fault, actually, this time. Which means that there were four plays where he was not sacked but was pressured. And two of those pressures came on the same play. So there were three plays where he was pressured. That's not enough. Especially when the handicap is that he's going to be under pressure. So that's why that one ended up losing. 
I will grant us that loss. That is a legitimate loss. Yeah, I agree. But we can move on to our final loss of the week. We had the Chargers minus three. They ended up barely winning, avoiding overtime and our cover. Yeah, um, you could have got this at minus two when Kyler was announced to be playing. If you did, bad beat of a lifetime. The Chargers were the better team all game. It shouldn't have been this close, but Brandon Staley is as Brandon Staley does. And as Brandon Staley does, he fucks the cover by trying to win by one. He does not care about margin. He does not care about safety. Apparently he was right this time, but it really hurts. Yep. I can't, I can't say it's bullshit because Brandon Staley is an aggressive coach that goes for it in these types of situations. However, anytime you win by less than two points, it is fucking absurd and an extremely rare occurrence. Fair enough. Happens less than 10% of the time. You win by one or two less than 10% of the time total. You win by three about 10% of the time on its own. Just fucking dumb. I think that's a good way of ending the review of last week. Just fucking dumb. I think it's perfect. Welcome to the 2022 NFL season where you think that at some point some bounces have to go your way, but they don't and they won't and they never will. God is dead. All right, on that cheery note, uh, it's time to get to games. But before we do, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say some corporate-ass shit. We got a sponsor, and I'm going to put the link in the bio. But basically, uh, instead of using the place that we used to use for our lines, we are going to use BetUS. And you should, too, because if you use the promo code or the login or whatever the fuck that I put in the description, and you sign up, and you make any deposit whatsoever, we get 100 bucks. So if you like us and you feel bad that we keep on getting these terrible beats and you think that we make you laugh even though we're sucking at gambling this year, go fucking deposit like 10 bucks and, you know, use them. They have a 125% sign-up bonus and I think that you get that if you go through us as well. So, you know, check them out. They're reputable. They've given me money so I know that they're not totally fraudulent. Um, yeah, do that if you like us. And if you don't, then just fade all of our bets with BetUS so that we can get 100 bucks out of your pity. Does that sound right? Please give us money. Yeah, go. Please do us a you know do us a solid, and uh, you know, sign up for this this betting website with our promo code. Deposit a little bit of money and pay our asses because the NFL won't. To games. Let's get to some games. Moving on to Thursday, kicking off December, we have the Buffalo Bills going to play the New England Patriots. The Patriots are plus four. It's down to four. Four. It's five yesterday for the oh. Bills? Yeah, I kind of like them. Bills. They got to get right eventually, and they just fucking haven't. Uh, I know that they played and the Patriots walloped the Lions, but I think that the Lions are just a better team and a much tougher matchup for the Bills because they're so well-coordinated on offense, especially at home in the Dome, especially when the Bills have had a chaotic week and, frankly, Josh Allen just played like shit again. He had some. He had like four really awesome throws, but then other than that, not so good. Yeah, like we've talked about, it's a lot of like year two Josh Allen it's right It's kind of just all he is. He's year two Josh Allen. It's a lot better than people thought. It's a lot better than his rookie year. But it's not last year, and it's not the year before. Yeah, I they do worry me because he hasn't looked right, and a team that can take advantage of that, or I think at least would be poised to take advantage of it, is a Bill Belichick team. However, these are not the Patriots of old. The Patriots just got, like, the ball was moved at will against them by Kirk Cousins in primetime. Admittedly, a lot of that was Justin Jefferson being God. Fine. Stephon Diggs isn't that much worse. I I agree there, and that's where I was going to get to of you have a similarly electric player. 
And okay. Josh Allen, better, although he's... Better quarterback. Yeah, he's a better quarterback because he can go do what he did to them in the playoffs, which is just go run fuck them. That's the thing about Josh Allen is his arm has been iffy at times this year, but that boy is still a fucking awesome run. He is... People do not give him credit for being one of the top two, three runners in the NFL at the quarterback position. He might not be two or three, you know... We're, we, we, it's that, all about flavors. That's some hyperbole because I think Justin Fields has probably taken over that, even say, that style. I think it could be Fields or Allen. I don't think it's Lamar anymore. Yeah. So, so maybe Josh Allen's the second best runner, and he's also like what the sixth or seventh best thrower. It's pretty good. Yeah, he, he's a good player. Even when he's not playing well, he's still good. I think Bills are the right spot here. I feel like if they're going to wake up and kind of figure it out, it might be a division game. Obviously, we have asymmetric risk here. It's a four-point line, so you wait. If it gets to three, you bet that shit. If it goes to five, you've lost almost nothing. So wait until it drops on Sunday. If it hasn't dropped at all, if it hasn't moved at all, just take it. Or not Sunday, Thursday. You know what I mean. Yeah, this scares me a little bit just because I think this is more a prediction of Josh Allen normalizing somewhat and the Patriots continuing to be disappointing. I think the Patriots had one of their best games last Thursday. I think the Bills had a bad game last Thursday. And I still think that if they play exactly to those levels again, the Bills beat them by a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, the Patriots, they can't score. We know for a fact the Bills are winning by three at least. Because I just don't see a way that the Patriots, with no cornerback, stop Josh Allen in crunch time. That's fair. All right. Oh, we'll, we'll stop hemming and hawing. I think you're right. We'll, we'll put in bills at hopefully minus three, but all the way to potentially minus five. Yeah. That, that's the change jar. Which Woo, is, which bills. Is, which is all we have left after last weekend. <laughs> Next game? Next game. Moving on to Sunday. First up, we have the Cleveland Browns going to play the Houston Texans. The Texans are plus seven in a game that I'm sure will be quite boring and no one will want to pay any attention to. I was actually going to say nope because it sounds boring and I don't want to pay attention. And then I realized I'm going to have to make a YouTube video. I'm going to have to break down Deshaun's first fucking game back. He will certainly suck and it will mean nothing because the Texans are so bad. They're terrible, man. Lovey Smith is addicted to punting. It makes him feel safe. Yeah. If a, if a drive ends in a kick, you know what happens next. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not betting this game. I lean Texans, but the Texans are so bad, I don't think that you can really bet on the Texans. Yeah, I think this is one you just stay away from. You, it's also Deshaun off of not playing in realistically two seasons. Unfortunately, you tease this. Yeah. You take Browns minus one. I think with Jacoby, they win by at least a field goal. I think with Deshaun, they win by at least two field goals. Yeah, I mean, worst case, they can just run all over them. Correct. You take the Browns on the teaser, and then you just you hate yourself a little for some Supporting. You hate yourself a little, but you still... Yeah, we're not getting into it. You take the fucking teaser leg. <laughs> yeah, we'll just say less. Next game. The Denver Broncos going to play the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are minus nine. Nope. Yeah, I don't really care. It dropped dead leg. There's no fucking way Russell Wilson is able to... I'm just trying to figure out if it's a good teaser leg at minus three. It's almost, but it's just not. You, you can't lay three. The reason that this line is nine is because they don't want you to lay two on the teaser. Yeah, and it doesn't look like it's going to move to eight and a half. Honestly, 
I might lay three on this teaser. I might tease this with the Browns. I don't think that's a terrible option. I don't think, when you think Russ has hit the bottom, he hasn't. The Ravens defense is a lot better now, and they got a little embarrassed last week because Trevor Lawrence may have broken out. He may have, but I think this is also a little bit of the Trevor Lawrence roller coaster of, he has flashes. We're not talking about the Jaguars. No, we're not. We're just talking about that Baltimore defense is good. They didn't look that good last weekend. I think that the reason is they played a quarterback who's a hell of a lot better than anything Russell Wilson has done in years. So I think that this is a decent teaser leg. So that's it. That's a pod teaser right there. You bundle the Ravens minus three with the Browns minus one. You hate that you didn't get the best number on the Ravens, but you count the money anyway. I mean, we just did a nine-point teaser last week, and it did push because of the goddamn Bills hitting minus three against the Lions because of a missed field goal, crushing my soul. Or, sorry, a missed extra point, but this is a good teaser. Next up, we have the Green Bay Packers going to play the Chicago Bears. The Bears are plus four. We have no idea who the fuck is playing quarterback for either team, really. I heard Rodgers is going to try to play. Uh, you know, it's going to be tough for him to play with all those imaginary injuries. Uh, you know, I hope that in week nine of having a broken thumb that takes four to six weeks to heal, he's okay. And he's been bad the entire year. He was like, he was bad before he, quote-unquote, he lost to the Giants before, quote-unquote, breaking his thumb. Yeah, I I think there might be some embellishing going on. I'm sure he sprained his thumb at some point. Yeah. And it hurt him for a couple games. And I'm sure that he took a hit that uh, didn't feel so nice in that Sunday night game. But I'm also certain that he could have played that game if he wasn't sucking so badly. I agree. He's what is what is really bruised on Aaron Rodgers is his ego. And that's not going to heal simply because he's playing the bad Bears defense. Hell yeah. Granted, if he gets to yell I own you at Chicago Bears fans again, it might Kill me? It might write the season for him. You're not a Bears fan anymore. Why do you care? Because I still hate the Packers. That's fair. And he doesn't say I own the Bears. He says I own Chicago. And I still love this city. Do you want to bet on this game? Fuck no. Absolutely not cool. Me either. Do you want to move on? Fuck yeah. Next up, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars going to play the Detroit Lions. The Lions are plus one. This line doesn't make any fucking sense at all. I don't get it either. Jaguars minus one, and you just you just fucking ignore all the bullshit that people are going to convince themselves on the Lions. Is this square as fuck? Yes. But this line makes so little motherfucking sense. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I don't get it. This is a rat line. I'm scared. It's We are wrong to bet this way. Yeah. But you can't lose. Yeah, They're like, so much better. Even if you take out last week, which I didn't even watch, so I'm taking it out. Yeah, like, okay, the the Lions had a close game on, in a game they shouldn't have been in, but the Jags beat the Ravens. Like, they both are should be high right now. Look, but the Lions have been awful all year, and the Jags have been, like, sometimes great, sometimes shit. Dude, the Jags are a better team in every way. Yeah. I, like, offensive coordinator advantage Lions, everything else, Jaguars. Where's, right. where's this game at? Detroit. So it's indoors, so there's no weather. Yeah, n- no worries for Trevor. And if at any point the ball is slipping out of his hands, you have tiny hands Jared Goff on the other side to let the ball slip out of his hands. Yeah, no, I think we're fine. All right, it's a bet. Let's move on. I already shook the can. Let's go. Next up, we have the New York Jets going to play the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are minus three. Mmm, I kind of like the Vikings, but I don't want to bet against the Jets with Mike White. I know. He's, now, he's a mythical figure. He's, he's overrated. He's currently overrated because they scored a lot of points against the Bears in a game that was close for a half, and the Bears are terrible. All true. 
I think that the Jets' defense was overrated before the Bears game. And I think that the Vikings are in this fun little spot where they're overrated, but people are overreacting to their overratedness because they're just so frustrated that they're this overrated that they're actually kind of underrated again. I agree with you. I I know that's convoluted. I followed you, and I think you're right. So I'm going to say it in a cleaner way. I think that the Vikings are probably a top eight team in the NFL. They have a top five team's record. They have a top three team's record. People are very frustrated because they shouldn't have that record. They should have lost a couple of those games. However, the point that people miss is that you can't go back and fix those games. You can only play the games that are to come. And simply, the Vikings are a better roster with a better coach and a better team, better quarterback. It's a better side. And they're laying a field goal. At home. Now, if this game went to New York and you did a four-point switcheroo because we're going to call home field in Minnesota two and a half points. They have a good home field. Oh, yeah. Skull. And now they're going outdoors to play the Jets in New York or New Jersey, which is probably a one-point home field, maybe one and a half. You got about four points of switcheroo. All of a sudden, the Jets are favored by one. Are you telling me that you wouldn't bet your dick on the alt line Vikings minus two and a half in that game at like plus 130? I would. I bet my dick. I bet my dick and balls. I... I barely trust myself with those items. I would not trust Kirk Cousins with them. I would at 1 o'clock. If you guys could see Alex's face as he turns to the screen and realizes that this is indeed directly after church, we have super-powered Alleluia Kirk. He gets to go to his home parish, man. And, is that what you... He's not Catholic. They don't call it a parish. I thought... Okay, see, this is the issue of growing up in, like, very Catholic circles, is I just thought that was one of the... Like, that was the way people referred to all their communities. Church, man. It's his church. I thought that term was synonymous with, like, the church community. This is totally unnecessary. Necessary. Parish is what food does when you don't eat it, at least amongst Protestant circles. I'm going to do some independent research on this later. Okay. Kirk Cousins, immediately after going to his home church, just seems like there could be a better word that suggested a more communal feel. It's a fucking building called a church where he goes to do church. Why would we call it something besides church? There's, there's an event. Uh, sorry, again, Catholic. None of this is even remotely important. Well, Kirk Cousins is going to have his God superpowers, and he is going to buttfuck the Jets into holy oblivion. I, I'm going to be honest. I'm a little worried because Soft Gardner has been great this year. Not last week. He got mossed a little bit by Chase Claypool. It's okay. That happens to big dudes with big dudes. Um, I think Justin Jefferson can do that quite a bit better, and I think that Kirk Cousins can loft it up to him quite a bit better than Trevor Simmon. It worries me. I said Trevor Simeon wrong. I know it's Trevor Simeon. I did it on purpose as an insult to him, and I'm realizing now that that was a stupid move. It's whatever. It makes me look dumb, and nobody gives a fuck about Trevor Simeon. I was talking about Catholicism 30 seconds ago, so it's fine. We'll just move I, on. I think maybe pile at the least, but probably a bet. I think it's a bet. I'm... Like I said, you get the Giants plus one at the Jets. You going to take that? The, the Vikings plus one at the Jets? Yeah, I'd take that. That's exactly what I meant. So if you would take that in a heartbeat, which you would, you take this in a heartbeat, and and we're happy. Yeah. All right, Vikings minus three. It's a bet. Next up, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers going to play the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are plus one. Yep, Alex has already begun typing. He knows the deal. We just, we fucking bet on the Falcons. We do it, and we keep doing it. Yeah, uh, we're going to continue to do it until Marcus Mariota is not playing. That is actually exactly the plan. Yeah, I, I know. We haven't had a conversation about this, but I know how Joe's brain works when it comes to this team. 
and the only reason we bet on them is because of Marcus Mariota. We get AJ Terrell back too. That is helpful. I mean, he's been back, but like, it's nice that he's back. And we're getting home dogs because the Steelers finally had a not awful game against who? The Colts. Coached by who? Jeff Saturday. Do I have to make the point, or has it been made? You, you've made the point. Falcons plus one bet. Next up. We have the Tennessee Titans going to play the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are minus five. I actually think there's value on Titans plus five. I do too. They're going to run the ball down their fucking throats. This Eagles team, we told you two weeks ago they're a falling star, and while they haven't been getting beaten and they've actually been pushing their fucking spreads, it's clear that they are not what we thought they were. The fucking Packers including with Jordan Love for a third of the game, took him to the brink. Yeah, they definitely have looked worse the last few weeks, and I think you're right. They are, the shine is wearing off from that early season excitement. People are starting to figure them out a little bit. It's what happens when you're the top team. And we've talked about it. It happened to the Bills at the beginning of the year. It's happening to the Eagles now and probably happening to the Vikings if they keep winning. As silly as that is. But the Eagles have not been the team that we've kind of gotten used to them being this season. And the Titans quietly just kind of keep chugging along as a solid, not incredible, but pretty good team. I don't know if the Titans win, but I do know that they have an advantage in that they are going to run the ball very well against the Eagles. I know that they have an advantage in that they're going to have a very structured defense that is not susceptible to busted plays. That the Eagles are uh, not dependent on, but enjoy thoroughly. I I think that five is a lot of. Po- I would love to get one more point, but I know we won't. So let's take the five. Might even be nice to tease that up to an uh, eleven. But uh, yeah, no, just take the five contest. Unless we find one we like a lot better. Yeah, I like that for now. I don't love them just because it's plus five. I want to get something different. Yeah, five's a shitty number. The Eagles are probably a little bit pissed off that they haven't been covering. The Titans are limited roster-wise, but I still think that it's the right play just because of that run game matchup. Yeah, they definitely have a huge advantage there. But let's move into the final game of the noon slate. The Washington Commanders are going to play the New York Giants. Fuck the Giants that game. are plus two and a half. Fuck this game. It is just bad football. It is boring football. NFC Beast. I would lean Giants if I had to, simply because I like their coaching better, and I think their quarterback is ever so slightly better. But we're trying to circumcise mosquitoes here with this line, and I refuse to partake in such an event. I hope the Commanders win, because I like Taylor Heineke. Yeah, but I want them to not win, because they are not the Redskins anymore. That's fair, but I also don't like the Giants. The New York fans bother me. I hate the Giants and New York Giants fans, but I love Brian Dable. We want him to be happy, because he, he should be the coach of the Chargers, But the Chargers, instead of hiring him, decided, with the rationale that Justin Herbert will make their offense good anyways, that they would rather have a defensive savant than an offensive savant, because every team that has made that choice has never regretted, right? Right? Ooh, ooh, verbal meme. It's Anakin and Padme. And he's saying, we hired the young wunderkind coach. And she's saying, the offensive one, right? He looks at her, and then she says, the offensive one, right? That was well done. I appreciate you taking us down that journey. Verbal meme. I bow. All right. Next game. Let's move on to the uh, 3 o'clock hour. 3 o'clock. First up, we have the Miami Dolphins going to play the San Francisco 49ers. The Niners are minus 4. I want to take the Dolphins plus 4, but I don't want to step in front of that buzzsaw because Tua against a good defense could always be a disaster. Yes. Now, I don't think the 49ers have the horses to run with Miami's receivers. Yeah, but they're going to play zone defense anyway. They're going to play cover 3, zones chunk it up nice 
It's going to be tough to get deep plays. They're going to bait Tua. Tua throws to his first read every single fucking time. And this is a smart, smart defense with good linebackers and safeties that will bait his ass and make plays on the ball. I am not betting on the 49ers, however, because I think they're massively overrated. I think Jimmy G does suck. And I actually think that Mike McDaniel is a better coach than his mentor. But... Sober King! At least for now. I think that Mike McDaniel will take a half step to a step backwards next year when people can figure his shit out. But for now, literally all he's doing, on like half of his plays, he's getting Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle. He motions them across the formation until they're in a stack. So like the classic college formation you see where there's one wide receiver and then another wide receiver right behind him. And then the guy who is behind in the stack, like the guy that can't be jammed at the line, runs a wheel route while the other one runs like a post or a slant. And it just butt fucks the defense because if it's man, they have to, somebody has to run across the field with Tyreek Hill and then carry him on a wheel route when they can't get hands on him at the line. So it's a free release every time. Fucking brilliant. And then you add to that the fact that Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are way too fast, way too good, way too quick, and have really good hands. It's just too much. Again, I think that the 49ers will be able to make this difficult on the Dolphins. I believe that I'm blanking on the name. The defensive coordinator for the 49ers who used to be a linebacker for the Colts. D'Amico Ryans? That's it. I believe that D'Amico Ryans is a really good defensive coordinator who will have his team coached up and ready to handle that bullshit, but I just can't bet this game. I don't want to bet this game because some of the reasons you brought up, and I'm going to have too much fun watching it. It's going to be great football. Yeah, I'm really excited because it's McDaniel and Shanahan, you know, mentor versus mentee. And it's two of the most creative offensive minds in terms of how they set up formations and scheme guys open. Unfortunately, both with extremely similar and impotent quarterbacks, but I digress. Right. And both sides have really intriguing playmakers. You know, the 49ers have more of the the run game guys in Debo and C-Mac and Kittle. Whereas the Dolphins have the absolute deep ball speed guys. Lightning versus Thunder. Yeah, it's, it's so I think it's just a fun matchup. I can see a variety of outcomes. I could see the Dolphins just being able to put on a track meet and Tua just has to find some of those zones and then they out-athletic them. But I think more realistically, the 49ers are going to be able to bully and Teron Armstead being out really hurts. I think once you can kind of get Tua off his spot and shorten the amount of time they have to get Hill and Waddle downfield. Tua's success this year has been entirely predicated on getting the ball out quick, staring down his first read, throwing the ball with blind confidence to his first read because it is an elite, almost every time it's an elite wide receiver in a favorable matchup with a well-schemed route, and he knows that, and he trusts it, so he will fucking close his eyes and throw that motherfucker into double coverage, and the receiver will be where he's supposed to be, and he'll make a play. And... Credit to Tua because, you know, the line between anticipation and, you know, blind belief is, is extremely thin in some places. So maybe he's he's either anticipating at a level we've never seen or he is being an, a one-read quarterback with extreme confidence. You choose. I don't care. That gets frustrated by pressure. It gets frustrated by well-designed and disguised zone coverages. It gets disguised by must-pass situations. Any tough game is going to present those things to him. Was that too football nerdy? No, I liked it. You ready to move on? Yeah, let's find some some games we could bet on. 
Next up, we have the Seattle Seahawks going to play the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are plus seven and a half. So you can't bet on this game because the Rams seem to be giving up. They just put Allen Robinson on IR. Matt Stafford has a you know nebulous, dubious concussion. Uh, that being said, it reminds me, you and I had a little bet. We had a little bet on uh, who would win last week's Seahawks game. You believed it would be the Seahawks, and I believed it would be the Raiders. The, the Raiders pulled it off. Uh, credit to you. Uh, Where's my Lucy? I offered to give it to you earlier, and you said you don't want to smoke a cigarette. Give me the Lucy right now. I want you to put it in my fingers on the air. I went and smoked it downstairs. You brought one Lucy with you? No. Give me a Lucy! Do you know how expensive cigarettes are in Illinois? A dollar. My dad sells them. This is just wasteful. I'm sorry to the tobacco farmers. He's not even going to smoke it. I will smoke it when I'm damn well ready. No, he will not. It's been a long weekend. You don't know. I might get wasted right after this and smoke it inside. He will not. I could. He's all talk. I probably won't. Let's see. All right. He has handed me the Lucy. Here it is. You can hear it. All right, I hope you heard that. If you didn't, I will be putting it in my mouth and potting the rest of the pod with the Lucy in my mouth. Let's go Raiders. It's fitting. It's very fitting. On to this week. I mean, we're not betting this game. Yeah, we're moving on. Okay. Next up, we have the Kansas City Chiefs going to play the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are plus two and a half. All right, this is a retirement game. I'm taking the Lucy out of my mouth for a moment so I can speak clearly. I'm going to put an irresponsible amount of money on the Chiefs, minus two, two and a half, depending on the line I can get. And if it loses, I'm done. I'm, I'm not going to bet football anymore, at least this year, probably ever. Uh, the wrong, I mean, this, this line is wrong. I don't see how the Bengals are even close to the Chiefs, even with Chidobe Awuzie. I know, I know that twice last year, the Bengals came back to beat the Chiefs by the skin of their teeth. I know. If you flip a coin twice and it lands heads, it's probably tails next. And if you flip a coin twice and it lands on its side, spins for a full minute and lands on heads on an angle, and then it does it again, it's certainly not doing that a third time. The Chiefs were dominating both games. The Chiefs deserve to win both games. Absolute and complete debacles by Patrick Mahomes where he completely imploded and forgot how to play quarterback cost them both games. It won't happen again especially without Chidobe Awuzie, especially with a banged-up Jamar Chase. To the extent that Jamar Chase is a great receiver, it is because of every once in a while he will turn an average or below-average play into a gigantic fucking yard-after-the-catch touchdown. He's not going to be able to do that if he's banged up and has a bad hip, is it? Yeah, I believe it's his hip. Therefore, henceforth, best bet of the week, Kansas City Chiefs, minus two or two and a half, whatever you can get. And personally, I will be putting too much money on it. And if it loses, that's the end of that. Lucy has returned to mouth. Well, we have five bets, but so see you next week. Um, The Chiefs, the thing I worry about is exactly what you mentioned. It's PTSD from last season. Good. It's chiefening the line. And the Bengals following a similar a similar formula that they did last year. Now, the injuries have added out more than they did last year. But they did the same thing where they looked not very good in the first half. And then they just slowly started rounding into form. And everyone went, yeah, but they're not actually that good. And the defense started playing better. And things just started clicking. And yeah, it was some bullshit. But it ended up working. And this could be that same kind of point in their season. Do I actually believe that's what's going to happen? No. But it happened twice last year, 
and I think it would be irresponsible to not at least consider it. I've considered it, and I am going to disregard it, because I cannot be swayed by bullshit compounding itself with bullshit. If you get bullshit twice out of two times, the likelihood that you get bullshit the third time is fucking minuscule, and you have to take those odds. All odds are, if there's going to be any luck involved in this game, it will bounce the Chiefs' way. Because the last two times, it did not. And if we are going to get a luck-neutral game, or a Chiefs-luck game, it is going to be a blowout for the Chiefs. Because they are better at quarterback and wide receiver, because they're deeper and Jamar Chase is not himself. They are better in the secondary, they are better on the defensive line. They're a better team with a better coach, they are better. And Patrick Mahomes is playing infinitely better this year than he did last year. You're right. I, I can't find anything to disagree with. So as a last-ditch effort, I'm going to look up the weather in Cincinnati. Uh, looks like it's going to be cold, but dry. Yeah, I mean, again, let's call this a four-point move. So if this game was in Kansas City, would you bet Chiefs minus six? I'd think about it. Honestly, it's a four-point move, but you're going through the key numbers. So let's call it Chiefs minus four or five. I don't know. I don't know how like accurate of an analogy that is because I think that key number is so important. Oh, I mean, I think two is all that matters. I think everything between the twos doesn't matter at all. If I'm going to bet a team money line, I'd also bet them minus two. Yeah. I mean, they're two and a half is my thing right now. As long as they're under three, I'm cool with it because yeah. that eliminates a lot of variance and bullshit backdoor stuff that very well could happen if the Chiefs do what we think they should and blow them out and then just kind of fuck around for the last quarter. Hopefully it's closer in the first half so that the Chiefs have some motivation to not play with their food in the second half. Yeah, I want it to be close through the the first two and a half quarters. I want the fourth quarter to just be, like it like the end of the third quarter, we look up and the Chiefs are winning by 20. Yep, exactly. All right, I think that's all there is to say on that one. It's a bet. Let's Sorry. move on to the final game in the 3 o'clock hour. Do it. The Los Angeles Chargers are going to play the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are plus one and a half. This game is tough. Like it's it's going to be a decent game. It's going to be real fucking tough. It's a matter of, does defensive talent matter? Because if it does, the Raiders are fucked. Versus, does offensive play calling matter? Because if it does, the, the Chargers are fucked. So, I think both matter. I think the Raiders are fucked. I think the Chargers are fucked. I think this is going to come down to one or two huge plays. I think Herbert probably makes them. I think Carr and Co. probably don't. But who fucking knows? I lean Chargers. Same boat, I think I lean Chargers. Just because I like the quarterback more. And in theory, I think they have a better matchup advantage of their offense versus the Raiders' defense. What is the Raiders' record right now? Is it four wins? I think they're 4-7. and seven. I think they're the same as the Packers. That sounds right. Don't look now, but they're in the playoff race. I Everyone's told, in the playoff race. I fucking told you, though, they're not as bad as we seem to think. Like, their season's not as desolate as it may come off. They are 4-7. and seven. And I think that Josh McDaniels is a much better coach than he's given credit for. I think that the Raiders are a slightly better team than they're given credit for. Realistically, they should have two extra wins on that record as well, so they should be like 6-5, and five, which is better than the Buccaneers. If they were 6-5, and five, they would be tied for 8th and ninth place in the AFC. We're talking about a borderline playoff team here, guys. <laughs> I think that's fitting. I really do. I mean, borderline playoffs is... They they have the same record as the Browns, the Steelers, the Jags, and the Colts. I think they're about as good as the Jags. I think that both of them have massively underachieved. Yeah, the but the Raiders play in a killer's division. Correct. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Lean Chargers, 
purely because of Herbert not betting this game. Yeah, I agree. I don't want to bet this game. It's too close. It's two bad teams. It's one team that we know is poorly coached and one team that may be poorly coached. Yep. And is definitely devoid of talent. So just watch it for the chaos. I'm sure there will be some really fun highlights from it. But on to Sunday night, we have the Indianapolis Colts going to play the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are minus 11. Nope, too much. Gotta lean Colts. This is elder abuse if Matt Ryan plays. I saw those tweets as well. Um, yeah. He needs to send a nice letter to Dan Quinn. Be like, hey, remember those days in Atlanta? Remember all our times together? I think that everybody knows that, though. I think it's so obvious that the Colts are going to come out and run the ball a lot. And I think that they'll have some mediocre success. I mean, not like actual success, but like enough to not lose by two touchdowns. Yeah, I think it's in the realm of possibility. I also could see them having just zero ability to move the ball if the Cowboys can properly sell out against the run. And they need to rush three guys and they'll fuck up. They need to rush two. On that pass. (laughs) Yeah, in the passing game. So I could see it getting out of hand really quickly. I'm just not going to bet on this game. Correct. But I, I I would like to see Matt Ryan survive it, and I don't know if his old bones can take Michael Parsons running into him. Fair. But let's move on to Monday night. We have the New Orleans Saints going to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs are minus three and a half. Not betting. Yeah, no. I, I can't bet on the Buccaneers anymore. I kind of want to bet on the Saints, but they've been disappointing too. Fuck this game. Fuck the Buccaneers. Fuck all teams with bad coaches. We're not touching them. Fuck that entire division. Except the Falcons. And even then, I don't necessarily like the Falcons. I don't think they're that, like, they're well-coached or well-run or even that talented. I think that if they got a wide receiver and one offensive lineman, we might see something drastically different from Arthur Smith. But I can understand what you're saying, what you're getting at. I can a little bit get behind it. And their defense is two people that should be on NFL teams. Yeah, it's bad. All right, uh, we have all of our bets. That's everything for this week. Let's recap. Yep, what do we got? So a, a little fun teaser to start us off. We have Cleveland and Baltimore together. Cleveland minus one, Baltimore minus three. Note that we are fading a terrible coach in Lovey Smith, and we are backing a good coach in John Harbaugh. Absolutely. As to our bets straight up on the spread, we have Buffalo minus four. Well articulated. Uh, Buffalo, good coach. Yeah, I was waiting for you to correct me because it was not said smoothly. Jacksonville, minus one. Mm, not the best coach, but an okay coach. Competent. NFL coach. Minnesota, minus three. Great coach. Love cock. Fucking cock, man. Atlanta, plus one. Decent coach. But the quarterback, Messiah. The flying Hawaiian. And finally, our best bet of the week, Kansas City, minus two. The best coach. Maybe minus two and a half. Maybe minus two and a half. Either way, we get the best coach. So you'll notice the theme is that we are trying to bet on good coaches, and we are trying to bet against bad coaches. And we're trying to stay away from games that feature two bad coaches. We also did largely bet on good quarterbacks. This is true. Kirk is, you know, borderline. He's not good, but he's also not necessarily bad. And then Trevor Lawrence maybe could be good. He seems like he could be... If, he, if last week is any indication, he's fucking great. I don't know if that's a safe conclusion to draw. I agree. But that wraps us up on the week. Despite all of our tangents and bullshit, we actually got out of here pretty quick. Yeah, luckily there were a lot of shitty games that we did not belabor. We we tangented considerably less than we have in the past. Dope. Well, I hope you guys enjoy it, because uh, our bets sure ain't fucking winning. But like we said earlier... If you want to uh, be a doll and use the the link or the promo code or whatever the hell I put in the bio or description here, whatever the hell you're going to call it, uh, and go sign up at BetUS, we we could use the money. Yeah, BetUS. 
All right. Uh, until next time, though. Hasta. <laughs>